Hello, this is Father John Arthur or Associate Pastor at Holy Ghost Catholic Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. This is our 15th program on man and woman, he created them, a theology of the body. There's so many talks given by Pope John Paul II between the years 1979 and 1984. We're using the edition of Professor Michael Waldstein, Freedom of the Gift. Foundation of the Spousal Meaning of the Body. We continue today the analysis of the texts of Genesis we have undertaken according to the line of Christ's teaching. We recall, in fact, that in the dialogue about marriage, he appealed to the beginning. The revelation, together with the original discovery of the spousal meaning of the body, consists in presenting man, male, and female in the whole reality and truth of his body and his sex, they were naked. And at the same time, in the full freedom from all constraint of the body and of its sex. A witness of this seems to be the nakedness of our first parents, interiorly free from shame. One can say that, created by love, that is, Endowed in their being with masculinity and femininity, both are naked because they are free with the very freedom of the gift. This freedom lies exactly at the basis of the spousal meaning of the body. The human body with its sex, its masculinity and femininity seen in the very mystery of creation is not only a source of fruitfulness and of procreation as in the whole natural order, but contains from the beginning the spousal attribute that is the power to express love. Precisely that love in which the human person becomes a gift, and through this gift fulfills the very meaning of his being and existence. We recall here the text of the most recent council, in which it declares that man is the only creature in the visible world, that God willed for its own sake, adding that this man cannot fully find himself except through a sincere gift of self. Gaudium et Spes, 24.3. The root of that original nakedness, free from shame, about which Genesis chapter 2, verse 25 speaks, must be sought precisely in the integral truth about man. In the context of their beatifying beginning, man and woman are free with the very freedom of the gift. In fact, in order to remain in the relation of the sincere gift of self, and in order to become a gift each for the other, through their whole humanity made of femininity and masculinity, also in reference to the perspective that Genesis chapter 2 verse 24 speaks about, they must be free in exactly this way. Here we mean freedom, above all as self-mastery, self-dominion. Under this aspect, self-mastery is indispensable in order for man to be able to give himself, in order for him to become a gift, in order for him, referring to the words of the council, to be able to find himself fully through a sincere gift of self. Gaudium et Spes 24.3 in this way, the words, they were naked but did not feel shame, can and should be understood as the revelation, together with the discovery 
of the freedom that makes possible and qualifies the spousal meaning of the body, the spousal character of the body, and the revelation of the person. Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, however, says even more. In fact, this passage indicates the possibility and the characteristic qualification of such a reciprocal experience of the body. Further, it allows us to identify that spousal meaning of the body in octu. When we read that both were naked but did not feel shame, we indirectly touch its root, as it were, and directly already its fruits. Interiorly, free from the constraint of their bodies and of sex, free with the freedom of the gift, man and woman were able to enjoy the whole truth, the whole self-evidence of the human being, just as God, Yahweh, had revealed it to them in the mystery of creation. This truth about man, which the Council's text explains with the words quoted above, has two main emphases. The first affirms that man is the only creature in the world that the Creator willed for its own sake. The second consists in saying that this same man, willed in this way by the Creator from the beginning, can only find himself through a disinterested gift of self. Gaudium et Spes 24.3 now, this truth about man, which seems in particular to gather within itself the original condition linked with man's very beginning in the mystery of creation, can be reread on the basis of the Council's text in both directions. Such a rereading helps us to understand even more the spousal meaning of the body, which is evidently inscribed in the original condition of man and woman, according to Genesis chapter 2, verses 23 through 25, and particularly in the meaning of their original nakedness. If, as we have noted, the interior freedom of the gift, the disinterested gift of self, lies at the root of nakedness, then precisely this gift allows both the man and the woman to find each other reciprocally inasmuch as the Creator willed each of them for his own sake. See Gaudium et Spes 24.3 In the first beatifying encounter, the man thus finds the woman, and she finds him. In this way, he welcomes her within himself, and she welcomes him within herself, welcomes her as she is willed for her own sake by the Creator, as she is constituted in the mystery of the image of God through her femininity, and reciprocally, she welcomes him in the same way as he is willed for his own sake by the Creator, and constituted by him through his masculinity. In this consists the revelation and the discovery of the spousal meaning of the body, the Yahwist narrative, and in particular Genesis chapter 2 verse 25, allows us to deduce that man, as male and female, enters the world precisely with this consciousness of the meaning of his own body, of his masculinity and femininity. The human body, oriented from within by the sincere gift of the person, Gaudium et Spes 24.3, reveals not only its masculinity or femininity on the physical level, 
but reveals also such a value and such a beauty that it goes beyond the simply physical level of sexuality. In this way, the consciousness of the meaning of the body linked with man's masculinity and femininity is in some sense completed. On the one hand, this meaning points to a particular power to express the love in which man becomes a gift. What corresponds to this meaning, on the other hand, is power and deep availability for the affirmation of the person, that is, literally, the power to live the fact that the other, the woman for the man and the man for the woman, is through the body someone willed by the Creator for his own sake. Gaudimitz Bez 24.3 That is, someone unique and unrepeatable, someone chosen by eternal love. The affirmation of the person is nothing other than welcoming the gift, which, through reciprocity, creates the communion of persons. This communion builds itself from within, while also taking into itself man's whole exteriority, that is, all that constitutes the pure and simple nakedness of the body in its masculinity and femininity. At that time, as we read in Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, the man and the woman did not feel shame. The biblical expression, did not feel, directly points to experience as a subjective dimension. The spousal meaning of the body as the fruit of rootedness in love. Precisely in this subjective dimension, as two human eyes, determined by their masculinity and femininity, both the man and the woman appear in the mystery of their beatifying beginning. We see here the state of man's original innocence, and at the same time original happiness. This appearance is short because it includes only a few verses in Genesis. It is, however, full of a surprising content that is theological and anthropological at the same time. They open the perspective of his own earthly history, in which he will never withdraw from this indispensable theme of his own existence. The following verses of Genesis, according to the Yahwist text of Genesis chapter 3, show one must admit that this historical perspective will be built differently than the beatifying beginning after original sin. It is all the more necessary, however, to penetrate deeply into the mysterious structure, theological and at the same time anthropological, of this beginning. In fact, in the whole perspective of his own history, man will not fail to confer a spousal meaning on his own body, even if this meaning does undergo and will undergo many distortions, it will always remain the deepest level, which demands that it be revealed in all its simplicity and purity, and manifested in its whole truth as a sign of the image of God. Here we also find the road that goes from the mystery of creation to the redemption of the body. See Romans chapter 8. While we remain for now on the threshold of this historical perspective, we clearly grasp, based on Genesis chapter 2, verse 
23 through 25, the connection that exists between the revelation discovery of the spousal meaning of the body and man's original happiness. This spousal meaning is also beatifying, and as such, it definitively shows the whole reality of the act of giving about which the first pages of Genesis speak to us. Reading them convinces us that the consciousness of the meaning of the body deriving from this gift, in particular the consciousness of the spousal meaning of the body, constitutes the fundamental component of human existence in the world. One can understand this spousal meaning of the human body only in the context of the person. The body has a spousal meaning because the human person, as the Council says, is a creature that God willed for his own sake, and that at the same time cannot fully find himself except through the gift of self. Gaudium et Spes 24, 3. While Christ reveals to man and woman another vocation, above the vocation of marriage, namely, renouncing marriage in view of the kingdom of heaven, he highlights the same truth about the human person with his vocation. If a man or a woman is capable of making a gift of self for the kingdom of heaven, this shows in turn, and perhaps even more, that the freedom of the gift exists in the human body. This means that this body possesses a full spousal meaning. With these words, our Holy Father, Pope John Paul II, concludes his 15th catechesis on the theology of the body, man and woman, he created them. Thus far, Pope John Paul II has been going through the appeal Christ made to the beginning, the words of Christ, what is meant by the beginning, what is the meaning of original solitude, the meaning of original unity, of original nakedness. And here we are in man in the dimension of gift, the gift of our being, the gift of our bodies, the gift of life, the gift of faith, the freedom of the gift. No one forced God to make us. No one has forced God to redeem us. And similarly, no one should force us to embrace this man or this woman to be our wife, our husband, and no one should force us to embrace the faith, but it is strongly, it is highly recommended. Holy marriage is a gift from God, this man and this woman for life. And the Lord, who is the giver of life, blesses how many couples with children? God's greatest gift in marriage. The Holy Father has reminded us about the freedom of the gift, not to be coerced. So the freedom to marry is something which is sought. We must establish a couple's freedom to marry. No outside pressures forcing them. No, this is a free gift of self, each to the other. The spousal meaning of the body is a key aspect of this 15th catechesis. The spousal meaning of the body in the mystery of creation a double aspect. The mystery of creation, that God, the Father Almighty, has created the heavens and the earth, and all that is therein are selves included. And part of the mystery of creation is this human being, man and woman, male and female, in the image of God, to give to each other, to be received by each other. That's part of the original plan of God. That's part of the mystery of creation. 
the spousal meaning, each for the other. The spousal meaning of the body, our Holy Father reminds us, explains man's original happiness. How many different original moments, how many different originalities has our Holy Father spoken to us about? Original innocence, original unity, original happiness here, even before he would get to original sin later. Oh, that's the fall. Now we're focusing in the beginning, how it was in God's intention, by God's design. Not only has the Holy Father spoken to us about the spousal meaning of the body, explaining our original happiness, and not only the spousal meaning of the body in the mystery of creation, but he's also spoken to us about the spousal meaning of the body in actu. This is Latin for in act. It's very key. Our Holy Father has a whole standalone volume, which he wrote before he was the Pope, called The Acting Person. And many people, when hearing that, will remember how the Pope was a man of the theater, an actor, a dramatist. He would write and perform plays. But this is not the sort of acting which he refers to when he speaks about the spousal meaning of the body in actu, in act. Philosophically speaking, there is a juxtaposition between act and potency, potentiality and action, being, the doing of the thing. The spousal meaning of the body in actu is just its being. When the husband recognizes his wife as the other self, when she recognizes her husband as the other self, when they love each other, this is the spousal meaning of the body in actu, in the very being, and that's how God made us. God who is the eternal being, God who gives himself in creation, God who gives himself in redemption, God who has given himself to us in the fullness of time in Christ Jesus. God who gives himself to us in the Eucharist, this is my body, given up for you, most sacred words of the Mass. Repeatedly, the Holy Father, Pope John Paul II, cites two different sources in this 15th Catechesis on man and woman. He created them a theology of the body. One is from the Second Vatican Council, celebrated 1962 through 1965, called by Blessed John XXIII, and opened by him and concluded by Pope Paul VI. But it was Pope John Paul II who did so much of the implementation of the Council, and the passage from the Council is the pastoral constitution on the Church, of the Church in the modern world, Gaudium et Spes, the first two Latin words for hope and joy, Christ, the hope and joy of the world, Christ, the hope and joy of the human race. Article 24 and the third number there from Gaudium et Spes. And the other passage cited so frequently in this 15th Catechesis on the Theology of the Body, Pope John Paul cites chapter 2 of the first book in the Sacred Scripture, Genesis, especially verse 25. So since he cites each of these five times in so many pages, it's good for us to look at it one more time. Gaudium Spes 24 speaks about man being the only creature the Creator willed for its own sake. God willed a lot of creatures, huh? the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, the beast of the field. But they were willed for us, whereas he willed us for our own sake. There's something special, and that goes back to the original solitude, which the Holy Father's already spoken to us about. God saw all that he had made, and he saw that it was good. 
And part of that goodness of creation was how God created us, man and woman, male and female in the divine image, for our own sake, as an end in ourselves. The other part of Gaudium et Spes 24 is that man can only find himself through a disinterested gift of self. You didn't know you were lost, did you? I once was lost, but now I'm found. Christ Jesus came from heaven to earth to show us the way home, revealing to us not only God, but us to ourselves. That's Gaudiment Spes 22, which he cites so frequently throughout his teaching. Man can only find himself through a disinterested gift of self. In order to give something, you have to have something. The classic axiom is non-hobbit, non-dobbit. You can't give what you don't have. So disinterestedly to give oneself is different from giving oneself for selfish motives, for selfish reason, for selfish gain. These two passages help us to appreciate this spousal meaning of the body, man in the dimension of a gift. God has given us life, God has given us being, God gives us grace, faith, you name it. And if we're made in the image of God, and we are, we are likewise to be generous, to be giving. That's the conciliar text the Holy Father cites so frequently. The other is Genesis, chapter 2, verse 25, about being naked without shame. This is before the fall. Naked, this is reminding us about our corporality, without clothing, without cover, without shame. Shame enters the picture by sin. Sin is the source of shame, and we should be ashamed when we are in sin. And we go with bowed head and contrite heart and say, Lord, have mercy on me. We well confess our sins. We well receive the absolution, the mercy of God, and we try again because God has given us his mercy back to the gift. In saying all this, Pope John Paul II is reminding us that he is all about helping us appreciate the truth about our very selves, the truth about man, things we can know by our natural human intelligence. One does not have to be baptized to read the council documents. One does not have to be a card-carrying Catholic to read the documents of the Second Vatican Council. They exist as a phenomenological reality. Now, if one has been baptized, if one is a card-carrying Catholic, hopefully that's all the better when we would approach Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, or the 24th article of Gaudium et Spes, or when, when we would look in the mirror or across the table and see another self, or think with gratitude on how we have received life, not only from our parents, but from God above. This is part of the truth about man, the spousal meaning of the body, made for self-giving. And what will set us free? The truth will set us free. No one forces us to give ourselves, but it's the only way we find ourselves when we freely give of ourselves, and not just of ourselves, our very selves. Part of the truth about man is self-mastery, the need we have to conquer, to dominate our passions, our desires. If I am a slave to my passions, I am not free. If I'm a slave to my passions, I'm not living in accordance with my nature. The root of the word virtue is vir, means man. And even the gals, it's true, are called to a virtuous life, to be manly, not to be blown by every strange wind of doctrine, not to be blown here and there by every whim and fancy and desire. It takes virtue to be faithful in marriage. It takes uh, patience to deal with each other and with the children and the neighbors. It takes fortitude 
not just to pick up dirty laundry and crying children, but to endure till death do us part. It takes generosity to be faithful in marriage. Pope John Paul II speaks to us in his 15th Catechesis on the Theology of the Body, Man and Woman, He Created Them, about a sincere gift of self. So not just giving flowers or candies, but the gift of self. Those other things, while they're nice, they pale in comparison to the gift of self. And as said before, you can't give what you don't have. And how is it that we are self-possessed? By self-mastery, by a life of virtue. Part of this truth about ourselves reminds us of the value of the self, not only my own personal value, but the value of the other I, the other one. I'm so glad you're in my life. Hopefully you've heard it said before. Hopefully you'll hear it again. We value the other. More precious than fire-tried gold, St. Peter reminds us, is our faith. And that is true of each human being, because if the human being is made in the image of God, and that's part of our faith, the other person, more precious than fire-tried gold. And we know gold is over $1,000 an ounce. The value of the gift of self and the value of self, purchased at the price of Christ's blood. Christ, bridegroom of the church, Christ who freely laid down his life and freely took it up again, who freely gives us a participation and a share in his holiness, his graced living. This is the beatifying beginning to which Christ appealed. Christ appeals to the beginning. It was not so, the fall, the shame, the sin. Christ seeks to restore us to our original innocence, to our original happiness, and not just that, but to make us adopted sons and daughters, brothers and sisters to himself and to each other. Three different times in this one catechesis, our Holy Father uses the phrase, at the same time. This phrase has a heavy philosophical background. It's part of the law of non-contradiction, or the principle of non-contradiction, PNC. Something cannot both be and not be in the same sense at the same time, of the same subject, at the same time. The juxtapositions here, theological and an anthropological understanding. God created the human creature for his own sake, and the human creature can only discover himself fully through a gift of self at the same time, theological and anthropological, at the same time, for his own sake and in self-giving. These things that we have a spiritual component, that we're made for each other, the spousal meaning of the body, this anthropological understanding, the truth about man, these things can be known with the light of natural reason, with our natural human intelligence. And it's been this way since from the beginning. Sure enough, our fallen human nature, the reality of original sin, is a part of the equation now. But even with a dimmer light, even with that difficulty with which we suffer in knowing the truth, natural and supernatural, is not to say that we cannot know. We can know the truth which sets us free. We can know the meaning of the body, the spousal meaning of the body. We can understand the meaning, at least in baby steps, of the sacred scriptures and of this very serious work of our Holy Father, Pope John Paul II, the theology of the body. Christ has appealed to the beginning. It was not thus in the beginning. 
Christ refers to the beginning, to that original gift, the gift of creation, the gift of life. He who is one with the Father and the Spirit, the Lord and the giver of life, reminds us of these things and calls us to be true to our nature, to live in accordance with our nature as virtuous beings, mastering our desires. If we're able to appreciate and embrace these truths, then it will go well for us. We know from elsewhere in the sacred scripture that it is the truth that sets us free. And this is but another name for Christ Jesus, the Lord himself. He who is the way, the truth, and the life. Until next time, God bless you.